Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening. Welcome to this week's Man on the Post Extra Time uh, as part of the World Football Index. I'm your host, I'm Chris. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. First one of the year. I am with me. I have got Ryan. Hello. And I got Alex. Good evening. Good evening. Happy New Year to you both if it's not too late to say so. I don't think it is. No. Was Santa good Uh, to you both? Very much so. Well, my my parents were very kind and, and... Cops out slightly by saying to me, "What books about football would you like?" <laughs> and so I gave them a list, and that list was fulfilled. Brilliant! Yeah, what so I was very right? happy. That's good. Yeah, no, I, it was good. I mean, as well as I said before, I'm getting married this year, and so uh, we've got sort of the honeymoon coming up. So my parents lovingly got us some suitcases. Which Brilliant. Is- <laughs> it was a, it's that thing I, I know I'm getting older when instead of like asking for games and stuff that I would have done a couple of years ago I get things like chip buckets or boards with bowls on that you can present food on yeah well that's only sort of one year only that, that's only for the year you're getting married like, this, oh no no no, no this this, is, this has been happening for the past couple of years oh has it well no Christmas coming yeah, yeah. up once you've married and everything Christmas coming up you'll be fine I mean have you done your wedding list yet for gifts not yet. We're not actually not actually doing a gift a gift list, aren't you? No, because we 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 sort of the house we've got. We can't really store all this stuff we'd probably get, My and friend. the stuff we want sort of bigger things. So I think we're going to go for the whole. If Just put, like to uh, anything, put a house on the money. list. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. If you if you do want to get us anything, get us money, and then we can put it towards the sort of the bigger things that we actually need, like furniture. My friend put Xbox on his um, gift list. <laughs> I just put more football books on mine. Yeah. <laughs> I did get a football book this year. I got, uh, well, it's a football manager book, uh, the Football Manager Guide to Football Management. There you go. Which Is that the one like... that Macintosh wrote? Yes. Yeah, good luck following that. <laughs> he sent it to Alex. Alex will autograph it for you. It's good. <laughs> or, again, to be fair, I get Ian to autograph it for you. Yeah, I see. I see you tweeting a lot of that, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a bit weird." There you go. It's like six degrees of separation. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, this week we're going to be talking about some of the Premier League games that have happened. Uh, it is FA Cup weekend this weekend. Uh, third round FA Cup. Little bits of gossip, um, and then I was going to try and do this last week, but I didn't get round to it. A sort of mid-year Premier League reviews to where we are. So. Um, Seems got Ryan back on the pod and he ignored all my DMs over the Christmas period. We'll start with Spurs 2, Chelsea 0. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Greaves Not derby. Yeah, well, Adeli Ali scored with uh, two headers, which apparently there are only two sh- shots on target. Yeah, and they were, they were carbon copies of each other. The first goal and the second goal were exactly alike, and, Chelsea, and we didn't plan from either of them. He doesn't so... strike me as a very tall person. He's not a very tall person. That's the worst thing. That's the thing that really sort of grinded me down. That's like Hazard scoring two headers, really. So who's your defence? 
Uh, Louise Cahill and Aspilicueta. Oh, you would have thought that he could, they could out jump well, in. Yeah, they didn't really jump. That was the problem. They all sort of just they let Ericsson on his own, and then they let Ali in, on his own in the box, which is, is not really a good combination. Well, you're still five points clear, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's you know no need to panic yet. Um, someone tweeted correctly yesterday. Last time we got beaten by a North London rival, we went on a 13-game winning streak. So, um, did you? Oh no, it was Arsenal, wasn't it? Yes, Arsenal. Arsenal, yeah. So, you know, it's it is one of those things. Um, we didn't play very well. To be honest, I think taking the goals out of the equation, which is in a sort of a silly thing to say, the game was a very bore draw. It was not really a good game of football. Joe Rootmatt. Do you know that? It's just um, no. Joe Rootmatt is when people talk about Joe Root, the cricketer, and they say, "Oh, if you take Joe Root's centuries away, he's just a very average batsman." <laughs> <laughs> Well, but yeah, it was it was sort of one of those things where Chelsea had a couple of sort of half chances that weren't clear cut by any sort of sense. And the only really interesting thing that the media have been talking about, apart from Ali's goals, were um, Costa and Pedro having a bit of a go at each other. More Costa having a go at Pedro, though. Is that just frustrated footballers that are losing a game, or you reckon there's something else in that? No, I mean I think Costa's already come out and said it was one of those things where it was a sort of a classic Chelsea breakaway. Costa's kicked the ball up, he's expecting Pedro to, to do the overlap and get on his left-hand side, past the back of the defender. Costa played the ball and Pedro wasn't there. He, he was sort of on his heels a little bit and Costa just had a bit of a go at him. Yeah, so these things but, happen, don't they? Yeah, I mean, it, it's not the same as, I think, Sanchez's frustration from the Arsenal game, which I'm sure we'll get on to. Yeah, well, Spurs are unbeaten at home this season um, and uh, they're unbeaten at home in London derbies under Pochettino. Alex, did you see any of this? Uh, no. Excellent. In short. <laughs> well, Tottenham are now, uh, they're on 42 points in third place, aren't they? I mean, they're kind of bunching up a little bit uh, behind Liverpool. Um, but we'll move on to Arsenal, shall we? Uh, Bournemouth, 3 0 up um, Tuesday night, ended up drawing with Arsenal 3 3. Um, just a quick one. No, go on, we'll, do, we'll talk about the game first, and I'll come back to what I was just going to talk about. Um, Bournemouth, yeah, Bournemouth 3 0. What was it? 20 minutes left and they came back and they drew 3 0. It was the Drew 93rd minute equaliser, wasn't it? Yeah, a lot of people weren't happy with, with Arsenal in general, despite the comeback. Lots of Arsenal fans, uh, on Twitter especially, were sort of saying, I don't credit the team for the comeback. They should have played like they did in the 20 minutes of the entire game. Okay, oh, look, that's, that's what I was going to talk about in a sec, so just hold that thought for a minute. But. Um, do either of you think this is a positive thing that Arsenal can take? That despite going a three 0 down, they ended up getting something out of the game. Alex, um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you think, okay, well they scored three. Bournemouth are Bournemouth are not a particularly bad side, although defensively they've been very very poor in the last sort of month and a half. Um, Showing spirit is a positive. Conceding three goals to a side you should be comfortably beating is a negative. So it's, I don't know. I think it's when fans start to get on the backs of teams for this sort of thing and say, oh, they should have played this way, they should have played that way. Um, that to me is the most negative stuff because it forces the manager to come out and defend the team or, or criticize the team. It sort of, puts them onto the back foot, I think, which 
could have a longer term impact than the result itself. Yeah. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, uh, it's one of those things. As I think Alex is right. Really, it's a positive to have scored three goals in twenty minutes. Yeah. Um, for Arsenal, but at the same time, to have put themselves in that position to begin with, when they clearly had the quality to to sort of see the game out. Okay. And, yeah, lots of sort of factors went towards Arsenal's favour in the end with the red card, etc. Yeah, I mean, the reason I asked you to hold that thought about um, Arsenal and Arsenal fans is um, I had an idle moment. I was, I was working from home yesterday, so I had an idle moment. Um, and I went onto YouTube and I went onto <laughs> Arsenal Fan TV um, and they had an interview on there with a man... That he was an Arsenal fan who lived in Bournemouth and he was watching the game on telly at his house. Um, and when they were losing 3-0, he decided to leave his house and walk to the ground just so he could start talking to Arsenal TV. And he sounded so pissed off, so vitriolic. And you listen to 606 and fans ringing up and having a go at Wenger. And, you know, this isn't just Arsenal. This is football fans in general that ring up 606 and football phone-ins and I think well does anybody actually watch football for fun anymore or enjoyment it's like the biggest <laughs> thing since the Cuban Missile Crisis I think they I think they do but I, I think the first thing to say is that if, if you phone up say someone who sounds like me phones up you know quiet calm measured and speaks to a producer on 606 and says, I have some sensible, cogent points to make about Southampton's use of tactics in their last game. They're not going to put me on. Mm. Whereas if I phone up and go, oh, fucking awesome, Wenger's a fucking cunt, isn't he? <laughs> then they're going to put me on yeah. and ask me not to swear. <laughs> um, because that's what those shows are designed for. I think the issue is... There are always going to be people who express their opinion in that kind of way, and there are always going to be people who get very worked up. But when that is, generally speaking, the type of fan that one is exposed to, either on Twitter or on the radio, I think you know things like fan TV are actually a bit more balanced, but um, then that becomes a kind of norm. And people look at something like Arsenal TV and... And it almost becomes then a thing about how do you outdo the last person who was really angry? Mm. And people start sort of building themselves up and really hyping it. And you end up with just basically people who, I'm not saying that they don't know about football at all. I think anybody who goes and watches Arsenal week in, week out has probably got a good sense of what's going on with that team. But it it elevates the level of, of I think, particularly aggression partly just as a sort of showmanship thing and and i think they kind of cease to have any credibility once they do that yes they, they, i mean this guy i mean this was a grown man who walked a mile from his house to the football ground just to shout into a microphone so yeah mm. i see exactly what you're saying on that but yeah people don't seem to enjoy themselves watching football and those sorts of it's like a an ordeal or an endurance event for them Some see it as a chore yeah Exactly. Like it's, I have to watch my team play. Yeah. Even even though we're not going to win, I mean, the, the amount of people I follow, and and I really shouldn't be following because <laughs> not only is watching the game negative for them, you know, conceding a couple of goals, it, it it's sort of all night long, and then even today, like, you know, a player giving an interview based on on their performance, and someone's tweeting them like, yeah, well, no thanks to you, you're awful, and it's like, you know, move on. Hmm. Fair enough. Um, 
well, this really annoyed me because, of course, we had Sunderland to Liverpool too, didn't we? Liverpool doing their very best to help Sunderland stay in the Premier League um, by giving away two penalties. I haven't seen these. I don't know if either of you two have, but apparently the side Omane one was uh, particularly bad. That was a handball, wasn't it? Yes. Was it bad? Bad in what respect? Um, well, not bad as in, like, he's bad, he's good. Um, bad as in, sort of, you watch it and you want to put a gun to your head if you're a Liverpool fan. Oh, in that respect, yeah. as in stupid. Yes, not... Rather than... Stupid rather than contentious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah is yeah, what yeah. I mean. Yeah, I, yes. I mean, it's the most obvious sort of penalty to concede, really, isn't it? <laughs> so, Is there any reason why he did it, you think? I think you'd have to ask him. You couldn't sort of see, or maybe he's doing it because of, I mean, I, I haven't seen it. Was he is he sliding, or does he just stick his hand out, or what does he do? As a goalkeeper, my my <laughs> reflex is to do that anyway, so I don't I don't really. Um, yeah, it's difficult. I I just think that that there's so much. Uh, what's the word? Inconsistency mm. in decisions across the board that when that when you know you get one that is more obvious referees will definitely leap at it because they come under criticism for for so many i mean like what in the last 3 weeks we've had loads of arguments about tackles that should have been red cards tackles that shouldn't have been red cards soft penalties you know it just again it's it's all part of this same conflagration of opinion and shouting that that we're talking about with fans as well it's if there is a pretext to get angry about something Mm. then people seem desperately keen to get angry about it and i i've never really understood that no people like to be offended or outraged don't they yes it seems so and and i i don't know whether i sound like an old man saying this but was it always this way i mean it doesn't feel like it and it may just be that because there weren't the mediums that there there used to be um, that I wasn't exposed to that sort of thing. But then I did go and watch football at Southampton for three seasons as a season ticket holder, and it didn't feel vitriolic there. Mm. You know, yeah, you you call the referee a wanker every so often because that's the done thing. But there wasn't there was certainly no kind of hatred there, um, and it does feel like some of the stuff that's directed towards players and referees is hatred now. And that I, I find that quite odd. Yeah, I do as well. I mean, speaking of which, we're going to come on to it in a second. The um, West Ham-Manchester United game. Um, Mike Dean with a contentious red card for Fenguli. Um Does anybody follow the real Mike Dean on Twitter? No. He is a rapper from... Well, it says everywhere in his bio. I'm assuming he's from the United States. Um... He's had a sort of Chris Hoy, Chris Foy situation. He keeps getting tweeted by football fans <laughs> telling him what a shocking referee he is. Uh, to which he said, I, I am not a soccer ref, you limey fuck, go do your research. Now, looking at this guy's Twitter picture, it's like a sketch of him. Um, he looks sort of, I would say, in his late 30s, early 40s. He's wearing a baseball cap with HWA written on the front with sunglasses on. He doesn't look like Mike Dean, the referee, at all. But, yeah, this all feeds back into what we say, doesn't it? Um, Jermaine Defoe, subject to £6 million bid from West Ham. Um, How 
how important is he to West Ham at the moment? He's uh, he's on ten plus goals, isn't he? I've got a quiz for you guys. Um, he scored ten plus goals in ten Premier League seasons. You probably know this. You probably wrote this, didn't you? Me. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Probably. <laughs> okay. See if you can help Ryan. Then. Well, no, you're telling the answers, Ryan. Yes. Jermaine Defoe scored ten plus goals in ten Premier League seasons. He's only the fourth player to do that. Uh, you know what's the annoying thing is I actually saw this the other day, and nah. I but I can't ever remember the names. Was is Frank Lampard one of them? Frank Lampard's one of them. Um, actually, yeah. I can't remember the other three names. Would you like a clue? Yes. It's not Khalid Boularouz. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you remember? Um. No, I actually don't. No. And I pulled up my Jermaine Defoe crib sheet, which is obviously now out of date, and it does not have that piece of information on it. Oh, there you go. It's Alan Shearer and Wayne Rooney. Got a lot of others. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, going back to the point about Defoe, um, six million doesn't seem a very an awful lot of money for him. Um, I'd say he's probably the most valuable player at the moment, wouldn't you? Sunderland? Mm. Oh, without question. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's not even close. They can't be. Um, they can't be thinking about selling him, can they? I mean, if if they do, then surely they are fucked. Yeah. Um, no, because I, I can't see them even getting anyone in that would be anywhere close to his record. No. No, absolutely not. Um, and you know, he's he's consistently contributed to Sunderland. Not not just well himself, but but very well comparative to what everybody else is doing. Sunderland, <clears throat> I think, going into um, the twentieth set of games, they only had four goal scorers, and Je- Defoe was the only one that was on double figures. Hmm. Um, but I think Barini had one, Van Arnholt had three or four, and <gasps> somebody else, and uh, and each hmm. had three or four. So, you know, at a stroke, if they sell him, then they have to, they have to work it unless their financial situation is so dire that they need that six million now or Defoe is so anxious to leave that he basically says, look, I'm going to down tools if you don't sell me, then it's utter lunacy for them to get rid of him. They, they will go down if they sell him. Apparently he feels he's got unfinished business because of the way he left West Ham, which was entirely of his own making as well. Uh, remind me of that. Well, they got relegated. Um, I can't remember. It was a long, long time. It might have even been the year that Joe Cole was captain. They got relegated and within 24 oh, hours he was... handed in a transfer request, didn't he? Yeah, but it was odd, wasn't it? Because he... he flip-flopped or he joined Spurs... Halfway through that 2003-2004 season. Yes, he did. Because he'd scored 19 for West Ham in the Championship before he moved over. Oh, yes, he did. He was in the Championship with them, wasn't he? That's right. And then he scored 7-15 in 15 for Spurs 2003-04. Mm. It's like having Bill Frindle on the podcast. You might be able to tell that my crib sheet is now coming back into <laughs> into use. Um so that's exciting. Here's a little quick thing on Jermaine Defoe. He has never been the top scorer in a Premier League season, nor the top English scorer. 
Yeah. See, he was one of those players that I used to get confused by because I always imagined, I always remember him scoring lots of goals, but people were very sort of pithy about him, weren't they? In what way? People saying he wasn't very good, um, but I just seem to remember him scoring lots of goals to Tottenham and Portsmouth. Yeah, I think. I think actually for for Tottenham, he wasn't that great. Um, the first two seasons, the, well, the season he was there for half the season, he got seven and fifteen. Mm. Then he got thirteen and thirty five in 2004-05 and he was their top scorer but then it's 9-10-4 and then he moves to Pompey Mm. so those those kind of the last two and a half seasons he did with Spurs he didn't really do a great deal he's actually he then kind of again when he got back to Spurs probably his best 2009-10 he was their top scorer with 18 and 34. Mm. But he's he's only ever been Spurs' top scorer twice. And he was there for, what, nearly 10 seasons. I'm not saying he's bad at all. I just think he's, like, he's hugely consistent. He's very good at a certain thing, but he's never been outstanding at any club until Sunderland. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, look, the aforementioned Mike Dean, then we'll go on to West Ham as well. Added the Les Seeley derby. They lost 2 0 to Manchester United. Did Mike Dean ruin this game? I didn't watch it, but Twitter says yes. Well, I heard it was the Mike Dean show. If Twitter says yes, then. Well, well no, to be fair, it's actually even people who are quite balanced and rational people were saying, you know, it's all about Dean. Can we. Can we stop this now, please? Yeah. Oh, um, here's something for you. If you watch, a, if you're watching the game on being televised, and then a team score, if you put in the name of that team, and then you say celebrating like, you'll see. It's really funny. I did this the other day when Liverpool scored against Man City. About ten minutes later, I put Liverpool celebrating like into Twitter, and it was full of Chelsea, Manchester United, Manchester City fans saying, "Look at Liverpool fans celebrating like." They've won the Champions League when really they're a small tin pot <laughs> club. It's like they've got the celebration police out telling people how you're supposed to celebrate at different things. Just dickheads, aren't they? Really? <laughs> yeah, they really are. Um, well, look, speaking of Manchester City fans, they beat Burnley 2-1. Gail Clichy, Sergio Aguero after uh, Fernandinho gets sent off for is it the third or fourth time this season. Third, I think it was. Yeah, third. Third, right. Well, he's been sent off three times. Sergio Aguero's been sent off twice. Pep looks a little... Pep's crazy. having a meltdown. He is, yeah, he's losing his mind, I mean, bless him. Yeah, now, the fraudiola... But do you know, do you know why Pep's losing his mind? Because he's a fraudiola. No, because he's... <laughs> because he's like... He's like a really, really clever kid in a class full of people who just want to throw plasticine around. That's, that, that's a very good analogy, actually. He's Lisa Simpson. Thank you. Yeah. Do you know, no side in the last decade has had as much percentage as Pep's Man City have. What, really, over the same period of time? Uh, To be fair, this season, obviously I can only count as many games as have been done, but if you look at the last, the, the the nine seasons prior to this, no side has had 
that level of percentage, uh, possession by a good couple of percent as well. Right. He's, he's quite clear. Can you explain his meltdown the other day, either of you? I think he's 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 very annoyed at the way that clubs are defending, from from what I can tell, because he he sort of made some comment about he's still getting used to the Premier League and how how teams defend. You know, it's, it, they don't want to play for, they don't want to play his style of football, and that that's very alien to him um, because he's had it very. I, I wouldn't say he's had it very easy, but he's he's been at clubs that where where the, the league isn't as sort of not challenging, but dynamic. Because the Premier League's a very, very weird league where, yeah, you one week you'll Burnley will concede loads of goals and what and the another week they'll sort of take you quite close to the finish line. Mm. And he's just I think he he's still adapting. And I think he knows that he's under pressure to succeed. And but to to sort of melt down the way that he has in front of journalists, I mean, one of them said, Are you happy? He said, Yeah, I'm very happy, very happy. You don't you don't seem it. Um Damien Johnson, who was the journalist on Match of the Day that was asking Pep those post match questions, he was getting all sorts of abuse on Twitter as well by City fans saying he was part of some media conspiracy against Pep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think as well, I think the, the questions that he was getting asked weren't even sort of that sort of either generic or something. It was about Fernandinho and, and how sort of his discipline and, and whether Pep was going to need to do anything about it. There weren't particularly challenging questions. No, and that's, no, that's a legit question as well. Yeah. I mean, Fernandinho has been selected in every game that he's been available for. The only times he's not been selected is when he's been suspended. So he's clearly an integral part of the way Pep set that side up. It's a very fair question. Mm. Yeah, and then that's the thing. It's not like it was just... Sort of, you know, doing the same old, same old type questions. It was, you know, an actual question based on the scenario, and, and perhaps sort of, even in his post-match um, actual press conference with all the journalists, he seemed really distant in there as well, and tried to walk off. And there was another question. He sort of looked a bit uh, frustrated that he had to sit back down. <laughs> Uh, okay, well that's the top of the table. So it goes: Chelsea top forty-nine points, Liverpool second forty-four, uh, Tottenham and. Man City third and fourth on 42 points each Arsenal on 41 and fifth and Manchester United winning their six straight games in a row are still sixth mm. they're sort of flatlined there for the moment um, right other games has anybody got anything to say about West Brom three hole one um, Middlesbrough nil Leicester nil or Stoke two Watford nil I'd like to work out exactly how West Brom are doing what they're doing but until I've done that <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to wait, but I'm I'm really really intrigued by West Brom. Where are they? They're eighth now, aren't they? They're eighth now. They've going back to possession in the last decade. They they are registering the second lowest possession of all time in the last decade. Was the, this, was the last, this season? Is it Leicester last season lowest? No, no, no. Leicester last season, like I don't know, fortieth odd from bottom. Leicester had 42% possession average last season. That's not that bad. Oh, I thought they had the worst or something. I thought it was like 18 or something stupid like that, wasn't it? No, nothing like that. No? No, I mean, they've easily got the lowest of anybody who's won. Oh, right, OK. But then here's the thing. that the, the team with the highest possession in the league each season, again, for the last decade, because I could only be asked to do that many, um, has never actually won the title. 
So yeah, there's a thing. But Stoke, sorry, Stoke, Stoke, two thousand and eight nine is the lowest in the last oh, decade. Okay. Just so you know, <laughs> managed um, by. <laughs> you're right. So this this is a thing that I find really fascinating because Stoke finished like twelfth that season. Yeah. And there's there's clearly a way of playing that Pulis has got and manages to get his teams to do. And the problem is that because West Brom West Brom are like not a, unless you were to make the effort to sit down and find a feed of their game, you're never gonna get good highlights on match of the day. Mm. of a West Brom match. So it's actually quite difficult to work out what they're doing and how they do it. But I find it really interesting. So I'm going to look into it anyway. That's your next book. Mm. <laughs> I don't think that'll be a book. I think <laughs> that might be, you know, 500 words if you're lucky. Fair enough. Uh, well, look, down the bottom you had Crystal Palace, Swan, uh, Swansea 2. This was Big Sam's home debut, wasn't it? This was Wilfred... Zaha uh, pulled one back for West Ham. That was a cracking goal, wasn't it? Is it Spurs won to buy him? Did I read? Somebody, yes, it was. Somebody wants to buy him. He's only scored four this season, though, hasn't he? He's been very inconsistent, and he seems to get in lots of trouble with mascots as well. Yes. <laughs> Angle Rangel scored the winner. Um, my wife thinks he's got the best name in football. I think that's probably a fair shout. I'd say it's hard to argue with that, really. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. His first goal in three years or something like that. Um, who did Big Sam blame for this defeat? Anyone other than himself? Anybody other than himself is the right answer. He blamed uh, whoever compiled the fixture list. He said they need sacking. But as um, uh, Gabriel Marcotti said on the Times podcast, that's actually a computer, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yes. So or he said it's either a computer or the TV companies that pay uh, his wages. So. <laughs> yeah. Generally speaking, if Marcotti says something, it's sensible. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Pretty much. Um. Wilfred Zaha and Bakary Sacco are off to the Afcon, aren't they? Big Sam apparently gave them both a talking to and told them where the loyalties should be, but mm. they decided um, they knew exactly where the loyalties should be. Which is... Well, they got they got a chance of winning something in Afghan rather than getting fucking relegated. So, yeah. good luck to them. And they got the weather as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're losing Sofian Buffal to Afghan, but yeah. Well, we're not losing Joel Matip, but we're losing Saido Mane. Yes, I, where I don't Saido think Chelsea. Are, I don't think Chelsea are losing anyone. It would normally be Mikel, but no one really cares about Mikel anymore. Is Moses not going? I'm pretty sure Nigeria... Uh, is it Nigeria that he's with? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they didn't qualify. Oh, that, then you are in luck, my friend. Because yeah. your system would pretty much fall apart without him. Um, yeah, Mane is Senegal, is he? I think. Why aren't the African nations in the summer? Is it because of the weather being too hot? I can imagine that's probably why. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Unless they just love messing around with <laughs> other leagues. Yeah, it's, ban- it's it's a revenge for, I don't know, colonial <laughs> slights or something. It could just be this whole thing of less test players' loyalties. <laughs> or they care for their country or for their club. Yeah. Yeah. Mane is Senegal. Um. Is Paul Clement the saviour for Swansea or is he a very naughty boy? That was Messiah, isn't it? Not the saviour. 
I've got that wrong. Um, he's very good at his job. Which is coaching or managing? Well, I think I think when you get into the situation that Swansea are in, uh, coaching is more important than managing. If I can explain that, mm-hmm. um, Swansea desperately need uh, a system and desperately need to. I mean, Bradley clearly couldn't work out what his best starting lineup was. Um, Swansea's one strength seems to be creating chances from wide but they're also heavily heavily reliant on Sigurdsson setting that stuff up so you need a person who can come in and actually work on the training ground with people to say right you know you need to stand here you need to stand there all the stuff that the kind of the additional management stuff of of player recruitment and that kind of thing that can wait because Swansea just need to work out how to stop leaking goals and how to start scoring a few. And I think Clement's very good. I think he is. I hope he's not too scarred about Derby. Um, I think for someone who's got PSG and Bayern Munich in his resume, Derby will be a bit meh. Do you think? I think that might hurt him a bit because it was his one chance of managing and you if you were being really really nasty about him you could say he went straight back into the Ancelotti's coattails at uh, Bayern Munich um no I, I think Derby were wrong to let him go mm. um and I think if you if you have the opportunity to go back and work with top class players under a top class manager then you're going to do that rather than sit around thinking, oh, you know, what could have been? They were wrong to sack me. I think that just shows professionalism and a desire to get back into it. Um, I think Swansea are really, really in trouble. I, I, I struggle to see them not getting relegated. My hope would be that Clement stays with them and rebuilds in the championship and brings them back. But that would require a level of sensible ownership that Swansea seemed to have vacated in the last couple of years. It's very odd, isn't it, Ryan? Because Hugh Jenkins was this man who was building the Swansea philosophy for the long time. You know, there's the continuation of managers through Martinez and then Rogers. we play a particular way. And all of a sudden, he seems to have lost his head and just keeps firing people. Yeah, it's, it's a very bizarre situation to be in for them. I think Alex Stryker as well, you know, that Swansea do need a coach as well. I think that's why Monk worked out so well when he was you know, mm. first round because he just got down to business and he was like he put, I can imagine Clarence probably going in there sort of you know, saying to the players look I'm not someone that's not like a Mourinho who's going to come in and sort of make it all about me it's about you this is what we need to work on and that's it mm. and Swansea I think as Alex Riley said they need to just stick with it rebuild and then come back stronger but by the experience that I think they're going to have a chance to do that Okay. well look we've got one Premier League game left to go unfortunately Alex this is Everton 3 Southampton nil. so you can decide if this is the Mark Hughes or the James Beattie derby Um, yeah or the Ronald Kerman derby I was trying to be a bit less obvious well yeah I was trying to go as obvious is is the best (laughs) (laughs) yeah I actually, I have, again, going back to fucking Twitter and fucking football fans, seeing people um, talking about whether or not Claude Puel should be sacked. 
I'm taking which, your thinking as a no. Uh, why would you even consider it? I don't think he's done a, a bad job at all. I, mean, I, I don't know, absolutely. And, and you know, if, if there's anything that Southampton need after losing two really good managers in more or less consecutive seasons, it's having somebody who's there and can kind of steady the ship a bit. He's implemented a style of play. Southampton, Southampton's problem this season has been chance conversion. Not to get all statty on you, but they are utterly incapable of putting the ball in the back of the net, despite the number of chances they created. Hmm. Um, Duzan Tadic is the person who's created the most chances in the Premier League without registering an assist. And Nathan Redmond has got almost as many and has only created one. We're just not scoring. Our chance conversion rate is about 6.9. If that can be brought back up to roughly where it ought to be, where it has been previously over seasons, which is about 10, 11%, we'll be absolutely fine. It's, it's actually very, very similar to the issues that Manchester United were suffering before they went on their winning run, which was they're keeping the ball well, they're defending well, they're creating chances. They cannot, for some reason, score. And we're in exactly the same boat. And as soon as that changes, which it will, we'll be fine. So and if, sacking Puel would be stupid. Yes. I mean, you've had sort of three games in six days or something ridiculous like that. So if all your well, problems... Well, that, that also wasn't really, you know... And again, I'm not, I'm not going to blame a fucking computer for doing that but there is there is always going to be a couple of sides that are disadvantaged by this um congestion of fixtures and yeah. we happened to be one of the team or the team that was worst affected by that that's really unfortunate but you know that's what there's nothing you can do about it there's no point in complaining no it's just life isn't it um well Leighton Baines has scored uh, he's, a, he's the third defender to score 30 Premier League goals after Dave Unsworth oh, yes um, ooh, do, 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 do. I want to say ah uh, no Frank LeBerth scored lots of penalties but I don't think he got over 30 I think I might have him this week Alex David Unsworth was the one I thought you might not get. So the other one's quite easy. Oh, okay. Really? I, I yeah. have no idea, to be honest. Well, it's not like Terry or someone, is yes. it? Yes. Oh, I God. Sort of, to be honest, I sort of thought that, but I was like, it's not 30, surely, but... 40? John Terry's got... David Unsworth's got 38. And and something stupid like 60% of them were penalties. That's yeah. the only reason I know about David Unsworth. Well, David Unsworth used to take the same penalty. He just used to charge in from the D and just... <laughs> just hammer it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, bless him. Exactly. Right, well, that's the yeah. Premier League uh, done and dusted. What do you want to do now? Do you want to do a bit of gossip or do you want to do the FA Cup? Whatever. You're in charge, brother. Uh, what should we do? Right, well, my next page says FA Cup. And for the fact I don't want really to get my pieces of paper in the wrong order, I shall do it that. FA Cup third round is my favourite... Um, weekend of the season and I know there's the whole convoluted thing about it goes over about five different days but it's still my favourite favourite time I did see this advert on BBC One for the FA Cup which was like this is when giants are killed this is when narratives are upturned all of this stuff 
and you're thinking, yeah, that's exciting. That is the FA Cup third round. And then they're showing two Premier League only ties. It's really annoying me how Sutton versus Wimbledon isn't on TV. And you're like, what is the point of the fucking FA Cup third round? And the point of your advert about it being about giant killing, if you're only going to show games that we can watch on fucking Match of the Day anyway. Yeah, exactly. Or off, BBC. Well, I think instead of Sutton Wimbledon, and I think they're showing Tottenham Aston Villa. I mean, who on earth can be bothered with that? I could, I, to be fair, I could just go to Sutton Wimbledon. Oh, you should do. When is it? Um, is it Saturday. Let me have a little. Oh, you should. If you can go uh, to yeah, it. Yeah, Saturday at three. If you can get there, you should go. It would be fantastic. Because it's kind of a local derby as well. Plus Sutton beat Coventry and you've got the history there and Wimbledon as well. Well, do you know, AFC Wimbledon are revisiting the ground where they played their first ever game as a club. Sutton? In 2002. Yep. Oh, oh, oh ah, now hang on a second. AFC Wimbledon, you yeah. see, that's why I said that. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's fair because it is a different team. It's a different club. So why do they still hold the trophy from 1988 then? Um. <laughs> well, we're getting into murky waters here, aren't we? Yeah, I, that's a, no, that is a really fair point. They kind of shouldn't. No, really, should they? Well, it's revamped because you, I mean you've got teams like Maidstone and Newport, who um, an older shot who went bust and have come back. So I suppose you could say it's the same team. Yeah, but it's, they didn't go bust and come back, did they? They no. they. They formed as a different club and worked their way back up through the pyramid. I've got a feeling that if others haven't worked this out in the last 15 years, I don't think me and you will now. I think that's a very reasonable point, reasonably made. (laughs) Well, look, it starts tomorrow with West Ham versus uh, Manchester City. Um, Some other games I kind of picked out. Well, I picked this one out in the nostalgia, if nothing else. Manchester United versus Reading, because Yapstam goes home. And uh, yeah, Stan versus Mourinho would be good. Imagine Mourinho trying to poke his eye out. <laughs> um, now, do you want to know when Reading's last win in the FA Cup over Manchester United was? Uh, no, I remember them playing once about ten years ago, and United were three 0 up after about five minutes. Yeah, they last won in nineteen twenty-seven. Right, and they've played eight times since then. So history is against them. Pretty much, and right. United. <laughs> have won or drawn their last 24 meetings with teams in the division below them. So, this is Jose Mourinho we're talking about, though. Man, that that Manchester United side is not playing badly. No, 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 no. I mean, it, it seems weird that... Well, I don't know if the Mkhitaryan effect is actually a thing, but it seems very weird that when Mkhitaryan came into the side, United started clicking a bit more. No, I well, I know what you mean, but but if you, I don't think that's a natural correlation. <laughs> well, it's it's very hard to say, isn't it? Because there's so many moving parts to a football team. But if you looked at, and you know, yes, this is the sort of thing that really aggravates some people. But if you looked at all of the metrics on how United were playing, it was simply chance conversion that was letting them down. In in every other respect, they were a top four side for every sensible number that you would look at, except for 
And it wasn't even that their shots on target were low. They It was just like, I don't know whether goalkeepers were playing particularly well against them or something, but you know, they, they simply weren't the only thing that was not what you'd expect was scoring. I still think they are a sort of sixth or fifth level team at the moment, but I think that's more a reflection of who's above them than how good they are in absolute terms. Yeah, I mean, they've definitely improved. Sort of the especially the chance conversion part, as you said. Yeah. Although he's also, I mean, he's only just higher on points per game now than Van Hull was um, after Van Hull's second. Uh, sorry, after the end of Van Hull's first season, I think he averaged like one point eight three, and Mourinho's now on one point eight five. So, you know, has how much has changed? I think Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Existentially. Um, right, okay, so I've gone for a couple of fixtures where I think there might be an upset. Um, I've gone for Bolton, Crystal Palace, Millwall, Bournemouth, Preston Arsenal I put in there, only for the fact that I think it's an evening game and it's up north and it'll be dark and rainy. Um, I put Norwich versus Southampton, but that's only for the fact that Emma that used to be on this podcast used to hate both of those two teams equally because she was a... Mm. Portsmouth fan who also didn't like Norwich for some reason. Um, have I missed something out there, or can, are they the, is that where the upsets are going to be? Stoke Wolves. That that's at home, isn't it? So yeah, it's one of those things. Uh, I don't know. It's one of those Stoke are uh, very like spotty team. I guess. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, it wasn't the most exciting of cup draws, was it? No, I think you can pick most of these, can't you, fairly straight? I'm just scrolling through the list. Mm. Um, I, Hull, Hull playing Swansea, that's the game they could both do without, I reckon. <laughs> um, but no, I think, I don't know. Why, why do you reckon Millwall will beat Bournemouth? Uh, I think, I don't know. I mean, just the fact that they're away possibly is the only reason I put that down but I don't think that anybody in the Premier League from let me have a little look at the Premier League table because this will include Bournemouth um, where are Bournemouth? Bournemouth are ninth. okay so they're 10 mm. points clear of the relegation zone I'm kind of thinking Bournemouth might for a couple of years of being promoted just right off the cups and just concentrating and staying in the league I can imagine them getting another 15 points by the end of the season though so okay I'll discount that one then but mm. Preston Arsenal is that Simon Grayson versus Arsene Wenger the meeting of two great minds I think you I think you sort of touched on it we touched on it earlier you know Arsenal have been a bit leaky recently and you said you know, up north it's an evening game it there's always a potential for an upset in sort of those scenarios, especially with the, the rumblings that are going on and, you know, the fan discontent. Maybe it's going to spill over and press might mind at picking something up. Whether they take it to a replay, uh, it's one. Of, it's a different story. Yeah. Mm. How are you going to get on in the uh, Nathan Redmond derby then, Alex? Um, I, I don't know. I... I wouldn't be surprised if we lost. Really? Norwich are but I w- awful. Yeah, but we're not... 
this this might be one that sort of ends after the most tedious nil nil ever. Um, a team that can't play versus a team that can't score, and and will chuck quite a few youngsters into this side as well. I'd expect. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'd say I'd I'd say a very low scoring draw is probably the most likely result of this. Yeah, it's um, not a, it's not a game to watch. No, Wimbledon is the one to watch. If only there was some kind of vehicle for projecting into people's homes. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chelsea versus Peter. How are your chaps going to get on there, Alex? <laughs> Alex. 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 Sorry, you... Alex. Ryan. Sorry. Dear God. I can't pay you that. Fucking Chelsea fan. <laughs> it's the worst thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> well, come on, then, you fucking Chelsea fan. Tell us how it's going to go. Wow. Um, <laughs> that introduction. It'll be. I can imagine it'd be slightly difficult. Um, I'm not really sure what <clears> team Conte is going to play. Um, I can imagine he's going to give some people a break. You'd hope. Um, so Mikel when, could get into this team. Probably. It's it's an interesting one because there's quite a few players that have been called from their loan spells and are sort of there. But if if they play in the FA Cup, they can't go on loan to another club because of sort of cut ties to the sort of situation so it's a little bit of a weird one I'd like to see Kennedy play I'd like to see Masunda Shalaba getting a start would be good and Batshuayi but it, it depends what the team is if it's a full strength team I, I don't see a problem if it's a lot of the youngsters it might be a t- bit tougher Patrick Bamford's back isn't he? I think there's talk that he could be recalled I don't think it's official yet oh right okay. he's had a dismal time at is it Burnley? yeah yeah, poor guy. Um, Liverpool-Plymouth, this is kind of a local derby for me. Geographically where I am and where my heart lies with football as well. <laughs> um, despite the fact Plymouth is about 80 miles away from me. Any, any, anyone see Plymouth doing anything here? Or is Jürgen going to put his kids out and thump them all? Uh, Jürgen likes cups, doesn't he? He likes getting to cup finals and then losing them. He's the Jimmy so... White of football, isn't he? Yeah. That that Woodburn character will score again. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm sure they'll win this. Yeah, they'll be fine. Okay. Uh, there's some non-league teams playing. Got Barrow versus Rochdale, uh, Brentford versus Eastleigh, Ipswich versus Lincoln, uh, our aforementioned Sutton, and then Wickham Wanderers versus Stourbridge with uh, Matt Gould, who is Bobby's son, uh, grandson in goal. Mm. Brentford Eastleigh is like a weird proximate. Me Derby. Oh, you in the middle? Are you? Well, no, because um, Brentford was my closest club for two years when I lived in Richmond, and I used to go and watch them. And Eastleigh are, I think, actually technically slightly closer to where I grew up than Southampton are. And Eastleigh are kind of a have a relationship with Southampton. So these are two sort of teams that are on the peripheries of my football experience rather than being the actual team I support. So have you got any, any inkling to have won? Not in the fact who's going to win, but who you want to win? Um, I would I would want Eastleigh to win because that would be a more interesting upset. Yeah. But, but you know, either side getting through is nice. Mm. Yeah. I really like going to watch Brentford. They were great. I mean, they were, sorry, they weren't great. They were shit at football, but they were, <laughs> they, they were really, it was a lovely kind of proper football ground to go to. And it was about a half an hour walk from where I lived. 
um, across the Thames and then up and, you know, it's sort of this tiny little ground with a pub on each corner and looming floodlights over the top of it. And it looked, you know, it looked old and grotty, which it was. It was, it was fun. I liked it. Do you live in a Richard Curtis film? Do I live in a Richard Curtis film? Yeah. No, well, now I live in Cricklewood, so not at all. <laughs> I have moved. Cricklewood sounds like it's in Hobbiton or something. Uh, no, no, Cricklewood is um, Cricklewood is just north of Kilburn, and and has some of its charm. Oh, really? It it's fun. Like it's... I like. It. Yeah, I like it, but it's you know, it's a bit edgier than Richmond. Let's see. It sounds like it's in the Shire. No, it's very definitely not in the Shire. More, more Mordor. <laughs> yes, I think that's fair. Fair enough. Um, okay, right. Well, that's the FA Cup. That I'm. I mean, yeah, we're sort of clutching at straws a little bit for upsets, aren't we? Uh, Cambridge at home to Leeds. Yeah, Leeds are kind of flying out of the air. Well, you think he might be resting people, Gary Monk? Do you for um, for this one? Yeah, yeah. And Cambridge have got a reasonable thingy of upsets, haven't they? they or have are. I made that up? Uh, they're in the playoffs at the moment, positions at the moment, aren't they, League 2? Um, I don't know an awful lot about Cambridge, other than I remember them getting to the division, well, championship playoff final with Dion Dublin in their team. Mm. They lost Simon Gleave, the head of analysis at Grace Note, supports them. I can tell you that much. Yeah, Max yeah. Rushton supports them. Now you can't have everything. <laughs> no, there we go. Uh, right, okay, well, we're going to wrap this up in a second. So, we'll do a little bit of gossip. So, give me a yay or nay for these. Um, we'll start with the boring one first. Robbie Brady from Norwich to either Leicester, Crystal Palace, or Swansea. Um, I'm going to say nay because Leicester don't need to strengthen their left hand side, and Robbie Brady's not stupid enough to go to either of the other clubs. <laughs> Leicester have signed someone today, haven't they? Is it, is it another striker, or is that... It is. is. Why have they signed a fucking striker for? <laughs> Genk midfielder. That's the last thing. Oh, oh Wilfred Ndidi. Ndidi, yeah. Ndidi yeah. do. He's going to be fucking awesome. Is he? I'm really looking forward to seeing him. Yeah. Go on, give us your championship manager, or your football manager analysis of him, then. What sort of player is he? Oh, from football manager. Well, you must know about him, I suppose, from that. Um, yeah, I kind of looked into him a little bit when I saw um, that they were linked with him like a month or so ago. He's he's basically a ball wheeling deep midfielder who can also play as a centre back. He's not he's not Angolo Kante because he doesn't have Kante's range of passing, but he's only nineteen. Um, and he was very, very highly rated at Genk, not just because he's a good footballer, but also because he's a very, very professional, um, and also apparently really nice and smiley and happy. Um, so, well, I think if you're going into a dressing room that's maybe a bit flat, hmm. um, it possibly could be. But, you know, look, Leicester have struggled to replace Kante. Um, I think anybody could tell you that, and he's... You know, he's uh, exactly the sort of dynamic, young, um, fresh midfielder who might be able to grow into that role. Yeah. Um, and and I think 
you know, youth products of Belgian football invariably do well over here because they have a really great youth system. So, um, I'm, yeah, I'm excited about him coming over. You're going for that. I think Genk sounds like some kind of slang term for a STD. <laughs> I think that's really harsh on <laughs> what is probably a lovely city. <laughs> I wouldn't go near her. She's got Genk. <laughs> Um, who's Cohen Bramall? If you, could you hear anything about him, Alex? He's the um, he's gone from Hensford Town in non-league football to Arsenal. I no, not a sausage, mate. Sorry. No, yeah, I kept I kept seeing this, but I had no idea who he was. I'd never heard of him. I, I, it's not like one of these, you know, massive wonder kids that everyone talks about. So I was just a bit like, okay, yeah. No, he seems very strong because he's not like he's sort of. I thought he might be sort of fourteen or fifteen or something. So, but he's not. He's he's twenty. Um, where is Jose Font going to be in February, Alex? Um, well, someone asked me this earlier, and, and I kind of uh, I had seen him rumoured to be going up to United because obviously there's a Portuguese connection there. Mm. Um, but other people seem to think maybe Everton to reunite with Kerman. Um, I I wouldn't like to see him go, but then at the same time. I think we could just... I mean, he's well, he's like 30, 31 now, so he's not exactly... Or maybe a bit older. He's, if we could get a good lot of money for him now, I would sell him because you take good money for a player who's at the age of 30 or over every time. Um, and we've got Jack Stevens, who's very good, um, who's a young English defender. Yoshida is not as incompetent as he was previously. Um, and Florian Gardos um, is all right. So if someone if someone offers you double figures for fun, you take it. I would suggest. If so he's handed in a transfer request, is that last night? Yeah. Uh, uh, what today? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, today. Yeah. Well, I I saw that reported, but I don't know if that's. It's it's one of those things you never want to keep in it, but you really want to keep an unhappy player at the club. So it's that thing of, if, as you said, if, if someone offers the money, then you know, if he if he wants to go, I mean, it would make sense if he's if he's handed in a request, then you would think that it would probably be Everton because I would not suggest for a minute that anything underhand is going on, mm. but but having just played them and it being a, <laughs> you know, <laughs> who can say. Who can say? Um, if he goes, does that mean Virgil van Dijk stays and maybe vice versa? I I would sell almost anybody in that squad to keep hold of van Dijk. Yeah. He's yeah. Very, very good. Absolutely. I know that Chelsea were apparently linked. Uh, there's a few sort of big clubs that are after him, like City. Like everyone, everyone can fuck off for a season and a half. <laughs> <laughs> just give me that long. I... I I just I think Van Dyke is quite awesome, um, and yeah, I don't think there's anybody. Uh, Hoiberg, I wouldn't sell for anything. Um, Davis, currently, I wouldn't sell for anything other than really good money. But but Van Dyke is the one player I would say, whatever the offer is, just say no. Just say no, kids. Um, like crack cocaine, yeah. Yeah, very similar. Very similar. Uh, is Morgan Schneiderlin and Memphis Depay going to go to Everton? 
I think uh, it's... I don't know if Depay will, but I, but I know that Shidlin deal... United want a lot more money than what's being offered mm. to them. Apparently, Depay, they only want to sell him... They want to sell him in like permanently rather than a loan deal. They want to make so sure he doesn't that's... come back. Yeah, so whether that's going to... sort of, I, I, I don't really get Memphis Depay, because he's got so much potential, and he had so so much hype about him when he, he joined United, and it's just completely not worked out for him at all, and I, I can't sort of figure out why. I think he liked going out, didn't he? He makes cracking bits of hashtag content for the internet. Okay. Does he? Yeah, he, lovely little videos and stuff. He's got a lot of time, by the looks of it, so... Yeah, I, I wouldn't buy him, but again, I would, I would flog almost anybody in order to bring Schneiderling back to Saints. I, I cannot for the life of me work out why Schneiderling hasn't played more at United. You get the feeling it's sort of thing. Probably. Do either of you follow Patrice Ever on Instagram? No. We should, if you're talking about video content on social media, then give Patrice a follow. Him is, singing... Is... Go on. No, I was just going to say, is he particularly, like, mad or... Entertaining. Well, he's just really, really nice. I think one of my favourite things I've ever seen is him. Uh, he was on French duty and he was ironing his French shirt. And um, as he, he finished ironing, picked it up and started singing Marvin Gaye's "Let's Get It On To It." And as he's singing that, Paul Pogba comes out of an upstairs room and comes down the stairs, clicking his fingers and singing along to it. It's one of the most loveliest things you'll ever see. And Patrick, I like said, the sound of that a lot. Yeah, oh, you should see it. Uh, Patrick Sever's got a panda he, he keeps sort of following around in a sort of um, Faustino Espria dinosaur kind of way. Yes. <laughs> I, Tino Espria and the dinosaur thing is just <laughs> the best. Yeah. Nothing can touch that. Well, this gets quite close. It's not quite the same. But yeah, have a look at... Um, it's a question I posed on the Manchester United Rankcast podcast was if this clip of Ever and Pogba was played around the world would, you know, world peace break out. Everyone would say guns and starts hugging. <laughs> what, do you see Ever apparently rumoured maybe going back to United? Yeah, he's not happy at Juventus, is he, apparently? They're trying to force uh, him out. Yeah, apparently he wants wants uh, extra playing time as well. And I can't imagine you get that at United, but it'd sort of be... I can't imagine so. A good move for him, sort of, if he wanted to move maybe into the coaching side, potentially. Mm. Patrice Evra, one of 25 siblings as well. Really? Yeah. 25? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, when you first said that, I was like, what the fuck? You have to think about it for a second, don't you? You just have to think, wait a minute, do I actually hear that correctly? Yeah. Wow. One of 25. I respect to his... Mother. <laughs> Definitely his mother, Not yeah, striking. Terrible thing to say. <laughs> uh, Alexis Sanchez, is he going to go to either Manchester City or China? He's not a happy bunny, is he? That, that's that's quite evident. Have really. you seen the image of him walking off the pitch at Bournemouth today? He's walking yeah. off and his gloves are laying forlornly on the floor. Well, because I've seen the clip of him doing it, I, I think it's from a fan, and he, the full time whistle went and he, he was. Wasn't happy during the game. I think Ramsey hadn't passed to him or something, and that sort of got him a bit on edge. And I think he wasn't overly happy that Giroud started celebrating uh, when he scored the third. And the final whistle went, and Sanchez threw one glove on the ground angrily, then threw his other one, and then just stormed past everyone back down the tunnel. He's coming for a bit of stick, isn't he, Giroud, for that celebration? Mm. 
there was a few Arsenal fans that were a bit sort of like grab the ball, you know, we can actually win this. Yeah. I think and stop, you know, we get it, you scored a great goal, but you know, don't. Don't milk it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then one last one Manolo Gabbiadini from Napoli to Southampton, Alex. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know enough about Gabbiadini to say anything about that one way or the other. Mm. I can't. Um, from what I've seen on, on Football Manager, he's, uh, <laughs> he's fairly consistent, but I, I don't know if it's the sort of player that you need right now. He's doing okay there, isn't he? They, they, they obviously they sold Higuain in the summer, and then Milik got injured, so he's kind of been their mainstay for the best part of the season. My thing is, I keep calling him Marco Gabbiadini, so of course that's a that's naughty of you. <laughs> I need Mark on this particular section. Either of you remember Marco Gabbiadini? No. Yeah, I think so. Former Leicester City, Derby County, and several other stalwarts and. I'm, I'm trying to check because I seem to remember he did play he played for Northampton my, my local club there you go yeah because that was the thing when this um, yeah, Manolo Gabayudini came around I was like but yeah is he still playing that's what my first <laughs> thought <laughs> was a couple of years ago and then, <laughs> and then I read it probably I was like uh, it's someone else I mean it's 25 years ago he's playing for either Leicester or Derby and I thought well he must be like you know yeah Stanley Matthews or something <laughs> Okay, right, well that brings us to the end of our gossip section, that brings us to the end of our podcast. Um, Alex, you've got some extracurricular activities out, haven't you? You've got a a book. I have. Um, So I basically decided about a month before Christmas that um, with various, having seen how various football manager things do in terms of, of views and stuff, that it would be interesting to put together an anthology of football manager related writing. Um, but not just the sort of save stuff. So there's a, I've, it's called the men who stare at goals and it will be out hopefully within the next sort of four or five days. There's a, a quick commercial agreement that needs to be signed off with somebody, um, before we can, before I can release it. But, there's a mixture of, of saves pieces, but there's also some tactical stuff. There's some quite personal reflections on relationships with the game and really good writers involved. Um, so I'm very, very pleased with it. I'm really excited to be putting it out. So where do we get this from? Um, it will initially be available via um, my website. There's I've set up a, a little, um, what do you call them, like a little marketplace um, website, so it will be uh, ebook or PDF versions, basically, um, to to download for that. If it does well, I'll look at, at shifting it onto a, a different site or possibly even making some physical copies are available. But it's very much like testing the water at the moment, see what the appetite's like, and see whether people go for it. But I, I'm genuinely proud of of what. I and the people who've contributed it have put together, so hopefully it'll do well. Oh, good man. So if they, people want to contact you <clears throat> on Twitter to talk about this, how do they follow you? Uh, it's at AFH Stewart with an EW. With an EW. Okay, Ryan, if they want to uh, talk to you about former Northampton Town footballers, <laughs> they can follow me at the Ryan Goodman. The rank up and okay, excellent. Right, um, I have no idea whatsoever if there's going to be a podcast this coming Sunday or not, but 
you can um, relieve yourself of that stress by automatically pressing the subscribe button on iTunes or on Acast or whatever podcast downloader you have. Um, all our podcasts will drop into your inbox automatically. Um, the World Football Index is also available as a download as well, so you can learn about football in South America, uh, Germany, Russia, uh, Italy, Spain, uh, the Premier League, and many, many other lo- locations. You uh, you really should get downloading that. That's um, and again, you can subscribe. You will learn so much about football from uh, from that podcast. Um, at Man and Post is the Twitter account. It's also the Nason Instagram account. If I can ever. But it's bad. It's bad enough having one social media account for Instagram and other things. It's like not having a multiple ones as well. So we promise we'll try and get some more things on there. Um, if you want to get in touch and do some writing for our website, you can email Chris at manandthepost dot com. Uh, if you like what you hear, you can rate and review us, and all uh, five star reviews are gratefully received. And we'll try and find a fridge magnet from somewhere for you. So uh, thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you so much, Alex. And likewise. Excellent. And always remember to keep your man on the post. Hey, sorry, I was just in the loo. Frodo, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you're not... There's fucking doors shut. <laughs> Dick. Um, <laughs> you just call your dog a dick. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs>